Episode 39 is all about real estate bots that are qualifying and setting appointments via SMS. An interview with Joe Bond from Y Local. Welcome to Botter's News Podcast. This podcast is all about staying ahead of the curve through the implementation of personalized one-on-one conversations with your audience. We focus on designing personas, the conversations they are having, and the technology that is enabling the dialogue. Here are your hosts, Hans and Jerome. Hi, everyone. Great you're tuning in to the Botter's News Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Joe Bond, of, uh, he's product manager at YLOPO and uh, really uh, an expert in conversational AI and conversational design. So great to have you on the show, Joe. Uh, glad you're here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we had some good chats uh, previously and uh, about conversation design and persona design, which was really cool. But let's first start off a little bit uh, about uh, if you could introduce yourself a little bit and, uh, and, and tell uh, the audience on how you got into the conversational AI business. Yeah, that would be cool. Sure. So I've been in technology since, what, 2014. So um, I'm starting to, to rack up some years in tech. Um, but yeah, so I started at a small company called WeGoLook and uh, was focused on mobile apps and things like that. After that, I landed at a company called Moncierge, and they were in the hotel hospitality space. And we were kind of building out a prototype of a chatbot concept. Um, the, the, the company itself built a lot of technology to help the staff provide a better stay for the guest. Um, and there are a lot of tools that they used to do that. But um, they had a, an app for the guests where they could, you know, check in. Uh, they could use their, the phone to unlock the doors and, um, you know, raise the blinds and manage the thermostat. It was kind of a really cool Internet of Things integration. Um, but we had this idea that we could um, add the add a chatbot into the, the mix and the users or the guests could talk to the chatbot and say, you know, I need a toothbrush or I need another towel or something like that. And then um, it, the, our technology was tied into the, the um, back of house systems that the staff is using. And we could just queue up a toothbrush to be sent to room 108 or whatever. Um, so it eliminates the need for a phone call or, you know, those sorts of things. So it just kind of makes it even more efficient. And we started playing around with dialogue flow just to, you know, see what we could do with that. And I, that was whenever I realized how um, accessible the technology is, like the machine learning and AI, all of that, like, was always kind of scary to me up until that point. But um, just the, the fairly easy-to-use interface helped me understand um, just kind of what it takes to build a chatbot and really what a chatbot is, you know. And, and um, at that point, we were thinking more – it was more of a dumb chatbot, you know, pretty rules-based. But still, you know, like being able to say if the user says this, do that. And um, Dialogue had the nice, you know – features like you could turn on chit chat and that sort of thing. So if they kind of go yeah, off the rails cool. with the conversation, yeah. you know, it's still, it still handles it. So um, that was kind of my first foray into, into it. Um, after that, I got hired by Legal Shield to focus on their chatbots. Legal Shield's a legal tech company that just um, connects people to lawyers, essentially makes it easier to access uh, lawyers and cheaper too. Um, but yeah, so they, their um, concept was 
a little more customer service focused, but it also was that they had a big, um, big database of questions and answers that were, you know, just kind of common legal questions that the bot could handle. And that was my first, um, first intro into voice technology. We had it deployed on both Alexa and Google, as well as in our mobile apps and on our website. So kind of this cross-platform chatbot. So yeah, that was that. Was that. Um, and yeah, since then I've been going in a lot of different directions in the, the conversational AI world. Um, we can get into some of those if you want. But um, yeah, right. curious if you have any specific questions here. Yeah, well, well uh, regarding your current role at uh, at Ylopo, uh also of course in conversational AI, uh, could you tell a little bit more about that role and that platform? As yeah. we talked about that also last time for a particular yeah, audience, sure. a particular persona you guys focus on. Yeah, absolutely. So Ylopo is a marketing tech company. Right now, they're focused on the real estate industry. Um, and so we have a lot of tech that just helps real estate agents compete with the big boys like Zillow and Redfin. You know, um, we, we have individually built websites for each of our agents that looks kind of like a, a home search site you would see on the, that Zillow has or, or Redfin. So you can search for houses. You can look at a map and see where it is in, in the area, you know, those sorts of things. Check out the price on all the details you'd want to know. Um, but we, we're big into marketing tech so um we turn the so the the viewers of the websites we turn those into leads for the agents um and then we also we also connect with all of the the main real estate crms and they can upload any leads that they already have you know those sorts of things um and then uh we work to to help qualify those leads and that's where where my work comes in i'm working on an SMS-based AI chatbot. Um, Mm -hmm. And so whenever someone, we we have all these triggers, uh, we have behavioral triggers based on how users are um, interacting with those those home search websites. And and, um, so let's say someone favorites a home, we can trigger an alert to a text message to go out to them um, so say, hey, saw you saw you were looking at houses in this area. Um, I'm so and so's assistant, so and so real estate agent's assistant. Did you have any questions? I can I can answer for you. Cool. And then right. yeah, yeah. So it's a really um, engaging behavioral uh, message campaign, um, as well as we also do drip message campaigns. So you can upload a list of your your clients, and they'll just at different intervals reach out to them. Hey, just checking in, see if you're still looking or you know, just, just staying top of mind. Um, but then once the, the lead responds to that behavioral or drip message, then our AI engine kicks in and starts chatting with them. And it's, um, it's posing as a real estate agent's assistant. So um, we, we call it Raya um, is, is its mm-hmm. internal name. And so um, Raya will just, you know, say, hey, uh, so you're looking and, and then they respond. And so now Raya's talking to them and it's like, Hey, yeah, glad you're looking in this area. I can help you, um, help you out. So what, how many bedrooms are you looking for? How many bathrooms are you looking for, et cetera. And so it just kind of goes down the list of what um, building out what this person is looking for. And by the end of it, it's um, trying to schedule an appointment with the real estate agent. 
So um, now we get this hot lead coming to the real estate agent. We're essentially eliminating the need for cold calls, which I don't think anyone actually likes. So, so I think um, it's, a, it's a really cool platform. Um, it's got a lot of engagement. So all of our customers who are real estate agents right now, they're, they love it. You know, like it's one of the, um, the most engaged with products that we have. And so, yeah, it's, it's a super, super awesome product. Um, and, you know, the people that talk to it, they, they don't realize that it's a bot. We, we never really take the time to, to address that, you know, so like they just, they just start texting back and, and they think they're talking to a human and they usually thank, thank the person for their time at the end of the conversation. It's pretty interesting. All right. So, so if I understand it correctly, normally the, 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 at least the house hunter is looking for a house. You try to engage and start the conversation on their website, right? And you basically turn them into more qualified leads and hopefully also an appointment so that the real estate agent can really get in contact with them and, and discuss more particular the houses that they would have related to their requirements right that's that's uh, what they normally would do with a phone they don't get in contact because when i look at houses i'm always browsing and stuff and i never contact anybody until i really 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 know that i think like this might be interesting right but yeah but exactly take it a little bit further right that's uh that's uh, that's what you're doing so you're, you're the, the the pain you're taking away is that you engage really quicker you qualify them without for them uh, to phone or uh, phone uh, the prospect or the house hunter, it, it of course can do 24/7 uh, because they can do it on the couch, right? <laughs> and they don't have to do anything, right? 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 So it saves them a lot of time, of course, for qualification. And, yeah. Uh, does the bot also uh, then more communicate potentially about new uh, homes that are coming to the market that that meet their needs or? Um, so in our tech stack, we we're connected to all of the MLS data, and we can um, send, we'll send them emails and um, just those types of notifications when there's new houses and, and things that match their search criteria. Uh, right now, that's not a use case for the bot. Um, if if they start getting real specific, like tell me more about this specific house then the bot tries to schedule an appointment with the agent. We try to keep um, keep her scope very narrow. That That's the the way that we're able to keep it more human. Um, it's not a real broad, broad set of intents that we were able to handle. Um, so, yeah, but, like, overall as a platform, yes, we, we do. We are helping our real estate agents push these, you know, new – homes coming onto the market out to the leads and, and those sorts of things to, to try and find where they're looking for. Right. Just for my reference, you mentioned, if I understand correctly, and that might be very interesting as well, you do this via SMS, right? The qualifications. It's all SMS based. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the channel of the phone, but then the SMS, which is, yeah, everybody can be reached. That's good. Uh, th there are, of course, RCS capabilities yeah, for the people. Uh, that's the technology that you have on your phone to do. Like, like, how far can you go? Is it then all open-ended and 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 non-linear, uh, non-linear in that respect, or uh, or how would that work? Could you iterate a little bit for the audience on how that works then with the, with SMS? Yeah. So, um, are you are you just asking like what are the limits to SMS? 
Yeah, yeah. When you would ask like how many bedrooms, that's great, right? Yeah. If they type in four or the number four, uh, that would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, planning yeah. a meeting, for example, uh, I have that experience as well. But yeah, with some bots, it's very easy because they pick the date on a calendar and off you go. But with SMS, that yeah. of course is not possible to show a calendar. So that kind of stuff. I just want to give yeah. the, the listeners a little bit of a feel like the limit. The, the good things about SMS is, yeah, it's an easy channel and it's just sending SMS back and forth. But it has, of course, limited uh, user experience capabilities. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Yeah. So you you don't you can't like. Um, add graphics or anything or buttons or anything like that yeah you're right so um the way that we handle the, specifically the use case you talked about like if you say how many bedrooms you want you might type out four you might do the number four or it gets even crazier whenever you're talking about the, your budget for your house you some people might say um i'm looking for a house in the uh, 50k range or 100k range yeah, yeah, or right. yeah, you know, yeah, one mil or or 100,000 you may type it out no no one types out the words but like um you know or the, they'll put the number so yeah there's there's a hundred ways someone might respond and so we're using um microsoft recognizers uh we're, we're we've implemented that library to help with the unstructured data so um like scheduling an appointment, like that helps parse the date times and those sorts of things. It makes it, you know, gives it, it fills the slots. So we're we're filling slots. We're using Raza for the the core of the product, and so um, okay, cool. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll just fill the slot in the form and um, go from there. So yeah, we're we're just kind of we piece together a handful of different libraries to help handle those types of things. I think we're using duckling for something very specific. I think that duckling is for date times. And then we're using Microsoft recognizers for all of the other number parsing and those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, you know, designing, designing for SMS is different. Um, but it's also, it's also a little easier because, because you just think about it more like you're, like a conversation with a friend, you know, like you can use yeah. emojis. Um, here's, here's something that we've been experimenting with that is actually kind of successful. We will use typos and then correct the typo with a, with an asterisk. You know, if you're texting your friend and you mistype something and then you do a star and then fix the, the, the mistake, you know, we, we've done that some and, and it gets good engagement, you know. So um, there, there's ways that you're still designing the conversation, um, but it's it's less visual for sure. It's all words. It's it's more like designing for voice at this point. Correct, because yeah, most people, I at least we advise them to start with like a, like just a linear uh, texting, right, uh, with the balloons and stuff, and 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 create conversations like that, and then go more open and non-linear. And then, uh, then, but, but, but then, then again, when you use SMS, then it's definitely limited because also the answers and people tend to, of course, respond very, very uh, minimal. So that's, uh, that's of course. Yeah, that, that gets a little confusing too sometimes, if they'll, especially if they shorthand or, you know, BRP or, you know, like the, just right, different right. acronyms and things. So, yeah. Yeah. And you then monitor the bot continuously to train the bot, I presume, because we always say you have to measure, measure, measure when your bot is live. And, uh... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so um, we're, we have a handful of ways that we do it. We built out um, a custom UI that uh, helps us, you know, 
handle the the annotation of the data. It, it essentially, we're show, we're pulling all of the conversations into this platform, and and we have a team of graders that are going through and tagging all the data, making sure that the intents are tagged correctly, all of that. Um, and then we're we're also working on our uh, NL. We're working on deciding which tool we're going to use for measuring. Um, before I joined, it was mostly just um, we, we have every, all of our data in SQL, so we're able to run some SQL queries and, and keep track of some of the key metrics. You know, like one of the big things we're paying attention to is how many appointments get scheduled. Um, also, sure. how many people opt out. We kind we, we kind of have the comp- um, in SMS, you have the hard opt-outs, you know, where someone says stop and Twilio, who's our SMS provider, Twilio will just, like, cut off all communications with that number. Like, we, we stop sending texts to that number if they just say stop. But if they say something like, oh, I'm not looking right now, or I already have a real estate agent, thanks, don't want to talk right now, you know, those sorts of things. It, it's a, we call that a soft opt-out. And um, so we're, we're trying to, we're measuring that too, to, you know, limit those. Um, and so trying to pay attention to, uh, is any certain conversation flow causing this? Um, and so, yeah, we, 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 that's kind of how we've been doing it. Um, I joined in uh, November. And so trying to like bring a few of the best practices I'm aware of in. And, and so trying to bring a true chatbot analytics tool in, um, right now, we're kind of vetting the different platforms, um, but essentially that, that helps you start to work smarter, not harder on, on uncovering trends where users are falling out of different um, funnels and, and starts to help you understand the big picture of what intents are working well or what, what flows are working well. Um, which ones aren't. And, you know, like I said, everything starts with this bot from drip messages or behavioral messages. And so figuring out which of those convert the best, you know, because like, some of them may start start the conversation off on a bad foot and then the bot's trying to recover from that, you know, those sorts of things. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we have. Hey, there is a kind of a conversation health score we call it chs and we we work then also with clients that what's the most ultimate plot through the conversation and then uh, you attract or subtract or deduct uh, points along the way and that way you have also per conversation uh, a real number uh, which which uh, often works like that because then you can good you can see very well on a panel what the conversation health score is per person. Um, you have of course indeed a lot of these spot uh, uh, platform measurement uh, tools which uh, which you can plug in Marasa for example, uh, and there you can see also indeed where do they drop off, where they stop, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. There are a lot of uh, great yeah. technology. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, another uh, another. Integrated again, but uh, but then again, some have standard integrations, which is cool. Which is cool. yeah, they they especially with Raza, if you have everything going into the tracker store, then it makes it fairly easy to send over to Dashbot or um, there are a few other tools out there. But yeah, yeah. Um, another your kind of com- comment on the conversation health score made me remember. So there's another metric I'm wanting to kind of build in for the grading side of it, and that's the sensibility and specificity average. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's 
I, I was reading a white paper. Yeah, yeah. So it's essentially you're you're just as you're grading, you're saying was this sensible, yes or no, and was it specific, yes or no. It's a really simple, um, simple measurement. But um, as you go through and start to to grade all of the various conversations that your bot is having with your users, you can start to get a picture for which flows are, are um, making sense, you know, and, and the higher that, that average between those two uh, measurements is, the more human the conversation is going to feel. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's something that we've been kind of playing with. We haven't implemented that yet, but starting, but we're thinking through how we would and it um, seems like it would make sense and help us continue to improve the model. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you, you then indicate in every step if it was sensible and uh, and and and, uh, and and effective. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And you rate that every time, and then you have these two numbers, and then you see exactly where uh, where it, it, it is a good conversation and where it really turns. Yeah. Yeah. Where where we may need to take it back to the the whiteboard. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, cool. Hey, so I always uh, we we um, we discuss often with clients, or or at least uh, preach about some biggest pitfalls uh, uh, when you implement bots. What what do you think is the biggest pitfall that you have experienced or that you have seen? All all the pitfalls that I communicate, I've done myself and fall flat on my face. But uh, how about yourself? What do you think is the biggest one? Yeah, I think. Um... The first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is building a bot that is all things to all people. <laughs> like the the broader the bot is, the the worse the user experience you're going to be able to provide, um, and the the more focused on a specific use case you are, the the better off it's going to be. Um, and and I think like eventually you can start to scale like being focused on specific use cases you can start to branch out a little bit more but like going deep first and really nailing the core functionality of the bot like the core user experience of the bot i think is the most important thing and and on past bots i've kind of got distracted by making it broad and making it handle a lot of different things and it just can't it can never go more than one or two turns, you know, and, and then it's the conversation is over. It wasn't really that useful, you know. So um, I think that's kind of one thing that stands out. And then kind of kind of like we you you were mentioning, measure, measure, measure. But just make sure you're measuring it and know how it is going for for your users. Sometimes people think, oh, the bot is live, and let's let's do it. Let 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 it do the work, and then we don't have to do anything. But it's, I always say, hey, be careful. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, interesting, uh, indeed, that you share that you make it too broad, too much. Uh, I believe also that, yeah, make it really big uh, when you start. That's uh, that's also definitely not uh, not a good thing. Yeah. Um, previously in our uh, meet and greet, we talked about should you, which I really liked because you challenged me. Should you uh, indicate that the bot is a bot, or you shouldn't do that at all? So could you iterate a little bit on that on what you believe is uh, is true here? Because I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends on the use case. Um, I think in our use case, I don't think we need to, um, and we don't. So. Um, <laughs> I think, and and by the end of the conversation, the person that's talking to the the bot that they think is a human, 
oftentimes thanks the the bot for its time. So it, I, I don't think um, it hurts the user experience for anyone. I don't think anyone's mad. I, there are times where the bot's been broken and, and it's clear that it's a bot, you know, um, like it duplicated an intent. So it's just like says the same thing over and over and it's like it's stuck in a weird loop. <laughs> and that, that person's like, oh, it's a bot. And usually like they, they're laughing about it. Or, you know, then maybe they're a little, little um, mad, but like not in a bad way, you know. So like I don't think um, in our use case where where the bot is really, it's, it's an, an, an assistant for a real estate agent. Um, yeah, like... That, that that is what it is. It's an assistant for the real estate agent. It's saving everyone time. It's helping um, the the lead get their information to the real estate agent. The real estate agent can then call them and, and has all the their preferences right there in front of them, nicely organized. You know, so it, it um, I feel like in our case, we're able to provide a better user experience, um, and people are more willing to talk to a human than a bot. So overall, like I think it helps push our our use case forward. Now, um, at other companies that I've been at, you know, like where the bot's really broad and I know that like, you know, it's not, they're not going to be able to have a deep conversation or any, they're, they're only going to go about two turns and that's it. I think it makes sense. And, and people are becoming more, more and more okay with talking to bots, especially younger generations, um, especially if it's going to save them time and keep them from having to talk to a human. So like, I think, I think that's, that's a separate use case that makes sense. So I think, I think it depends case by case. Should you, uh, should you identify your bot as a human or as a bot? Like, and I, I don't know. I've, I know some people are kind of morally opposed to bots posing as humans. Um, I I guess I don't feel that, you know, as, as long as it, like helps me do the thing that I need it to do. I'm fine with it, you know. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you see a lot. Like I like the analogy that Christopher Lockhead has. We have native digitals and native analogs, and I'm definitely native analog because I'm <laughs> over 35, right? And and yeah, shoot shoot the native digitals. Yeah, when when the job gets done, the questions is answered. Uh, what do we care if it's a bot or if it's a human, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so let's get thing going, and uh, and uh, if if I got my answer and uh, and it's done, then uh, then true. But yeah, I still believe that uh, mentioning uh, upfront uh, clearly what the bot can do, I think that's definitely a customer experience uh, that is important to say because otherwise they start chatting to uh, to whoever, and then of course the bot is not understanding at all, right? Uh, and that's of course a bad user experience. But that has nothing to do if it's a bot. Or if it's uh, if it's no bot, uh, of course, yeah. Hey, any tips on uh, on conversation design for uh, for the listeners? Like, what uh, what do you think uh, is 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 critical in in when you would start conversation design, which is definitely a specialty uh, in in the areas of bots? Yeah, I, I mean, start, it's it's um, I mean, starting with the user and understanding what what behavior you're trying to help them, you know, achieve or what, what job you're trying to help them do, what problem you're trying to help them solve. You start with that and just kind of map out the flow on what it takes to get that job done. Um, and it's, it's a very, you, you can follow a lot of just UX principles that a lot of UX designers are, are following, you know, where you're just, um, 
you know, keeping that front and center and just iterating on different ways to help them solve that problem, help them overcome that obstacle, help the user just do the thing that they need to do. And then um, you, you convert it into a conversation, right? Like you, you, you have the different steps that they're trying to take. And so then you kind of start talking through, how can I guide them with words through this process? Um, and that, that's usually the, the approach that I take is just make sure you remember that it's a human talking to this. And how do you make it make sense to a human? Um, and, and then um, once you kind of have that core path uh, figured out, you know, humans are <laughs> not all the same. So they're going to talk differently. They're going to come at problems. They may come at the same problem from a different approach, you know? So then you start working on um, all of the outliers, the edge cases and, and how to uh, bring, bring them to the, the end result that they're looking for. Um, and, and you, you just kind of iterate in, on, on all of the different, <laughs> different options. And, and then again, kind of back to the data side of it, once you once you have it good enough that you have it out there and get it you have users using it pay attention to how they're using it you know one one advantage you have in um, chatbot design versus other types of design is the user in words tells you what they're trying to do a lot of times sometimes they're not very clear but a lot of times they they tell you what they're trying to do and and you can help them do that you know so and if your bot's not doing that they they told you what uh, what they want to do and that then you can go back to the drawing board and, and um include that path in in your conversation design cool cool yep good tips hey single last question ultimate first step when people want to uh, starting implementing one-on-one -on -one conversations uh with a bot what would be the, the, the critical step that they have to do from your perspective and your experience? Uncover the problem that you're trying to solve. If you don't know what that is, then you're doomed to fail from the start. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. We always say establish the why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. Simon <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least why are you doing this and what's the business driven? What are the frictions you're solving, right? Yeah, and uh, exactly. yeah, great, uh, great point of view. Hey, Joe, where uh, where can people find you and um, Ylupo and stuff? Uh, could you tell us that? How can people reach you when they want to get yeah. in contact? Yeah, I'm, LinkedIn is the main social media that I'm on. Um, just uh, Joe Bond on LinkedIn, pretty easy to find. Um, and yeah, I'm a, right. uh, at Ylopo, um, yeah, happy to answer any questions anyone has. Cool, cool. Well, thanks a lot. Great insights on real estate bots and what you can do with a channel like SMS. Really, really cool. Uh, of course, we'll put uh, for everybody that's listening, uh, Joe's LinkedIn and Ylopo in uh, in uh, in the show notes. And uh, Joe, thanks so much for uh, joining uh, the interview. It was really, really very interesting. Thanks for being. You bet, Hans. Thanks. It was fun to talk to you.